don't know why nobody ever wishes you an old year. New Year's Eve Day, you can do that. I think, I think it's, why can't we just appreciate the fact that it's still 2017 and celebrate this old year that we're hanging in, right? So I am grateful to be here with you, and I'm kind of a little astounded, actually, that 2017 is actually almost in the history books, because this one, it feels like I can remember just, uh, it feels like just a couple of days ago that the elders and I and Lee were beginning to pray for this year and beginning to lay out vision for what this could be. And, and now all of a sudden, all of that vision is behind us and we have seen the fruit of, of that. And, and it's good. And I've, I've actually taken the last couple of weeks to reflect on all that God has done because it feels like this year has flown by. But when I actually stop and think about what has been shoved into this single calendar year, it's kind of amazing that it all happened. I mean, I think about the fact that the first four months of this year were spent as a church preparing for a transition of leadership. And then in the beginning of May, we had a bloodless, albeit not tearless transition as Lee handed off the leadership of the church to me. And um, that was that was unlike any sort of, of church transition I've seen. Because so often, whether it be in a church or politically or anything, when when that kind of a change happens in leadership, there is di- it, there's division and people's feelings get hurt. And typically close to half the people are upset about that decision. What I loved about this, it feels like through that period, our church actually was bonded closer. And and we became more intimately connected. And I, I love the fact that it was a unanimous vote also. So I don't have to wonder which of you doesn't want me to be your pastor. That feels good. Um, Beyond that, then we got to celebrate the end of a very wonderful career with Lee and Mary as they stepped out some two months later, um, stepped out of the leadership of church after 15 years of leading Lighthouse and, a, and about 30 years of leading other churches prior to that. And I can, I, I'm happy to say that Lee and Mary are in a better place, a warmer place, admittedly, but, but uh, Arizona has been good to them and... Uh, his golf game is improving. So really fun. And you may not know this. Lee and Mary are actually seriously considering going on to um, be uh, kind of interim staff, so interim pastors. And if there's a church that's in transition, one of the things we've noticed with Lee is he's really, really good at helping care for churches as they transition. And so Lee and Mary have said, you know, we feel like that's the thing that God has laid on their heart for this next season of life. And so in no way are they just kind of resting on their laurels. They are going, God, use us if you wish. And so we can be praying for direction there. Another thing that I saw God show up huge in this year is back in November, I began to actively pray and invite my wife and the elder board and many of you to pray that God would raise up the right person to come alongside of me and partner in leading this church. Somebody that um, not just a, a, a good associate pastor, a capable associate pastor, but God, would you bring the right person? And very early on in the interview process, we had a lot of people who applied, but very early on, I mean, in the first phone interviews, it was clear to me that Jeff was far and away the, the person that felt as if he was going to be the right one. And as we went through that, it became clear that this is the one that God has prepared for this place. And now six months into him being here, I can't imagine... Uh, trying to do ministry here without him. He has become an integral part. I know that he has blessed us, but I also know that, that him getting to, for him and Jen, getting to be a part of our church community has been a massive blessing for them. So that was a, that was a huge answer to prayer that we saw God tangibly bring. I've also seen uh, Jimmy and Heather come on to love on our student ministries and, and our youth doing a phenomenal job. And just the way that he has brought my staff together, the, the volunteers and the elders that he's brought around us, and the, the ways that he continues to anchor us with a fabulous community. I'm just thrilled where we're at as a church. But beyond that, and probably the thing I'm most excited about is the new faces that he's brought to our community. This year, he has invited some from out of state Others who have just been down the street and finally said, you know, I, I want to come and check it out. Part of the reason for that, and this is something I can't believe I, I almost forgot, part of the reason for that is we were gifted with a, a very professional rebranding process. 
Um, and that was something we could not have as a church afforded, but it was a gift that was given to us to help us kind of walk through how can we position ourselves as a church so that people who might not otherwise ever choose to step foot in here might be interested in coming, at least giving us an opportunity. And then it's up to you guys to not be jerks to them, right? So good job. Um, but we, we went through this process and we have not only new branding, new logo, new, new printables and stuff, but a new sign and then a new website and a video on the website that I'm so pleased with because it really kind of captures the heart of who we are and what we're about. And I know for a fact that there are are some of you in here today that that was your first touch of lighthouse was going on the website and going, you know what, this is the kind of place that I might see my family growing up in. So let's go give it a chance. And so I'm grateful. Just just out of curiosity, and I know that we don't have everybody here today. A lot of people are traveling. But if if you chose to start attending Lighthouse this year, would you just stand up for a moment? Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Come on. And you got, you got, I know there. And we got Sarah over here. And I know that there are a a lot more. Honestly, it was, I'm so grateful that you're here. Yes. Thank you. You guys can sit down. Transplants from Houston. And they were, they were one that said, you know, we went on the website and we were looking for a community church, went on the website and went, this seems like the kind of place we want to do life. And I know that there are a lot more people that have uh, chosen to be a part of our church. So excited about that. And as excited as I am, I'm really looking forward to 2018 because there are more things that we are preparing. And I can't wait to begin to share the vision, which is very much in the line with the vision that we have had this year. It's just leaning more heavily into it and continuing to follow God in the same path that he's marked out for us. There's some really fun things that we are going to begin implementing this year that I've wanted to see happen for the seven years that I've been here and and even beyond that, things I've wanted to begin implementing, but really it wasn't the right time. And it feels like now is the right time because we're in a different place than we were several years ago. The funny thing is, as I begin to think back of, of what God has been doing in our church, is that all of those things never crossed my mind when I first started thinking about this year. When I first started thinking about this year, it just seemed like a blur. And I was like, yeah, this is a good year. But did anything really happen? And I realized what a forgetful person I am. And I know that I'm not alone, right? We tend to be forgetful people. It it seems that a lot of times we get focused on whatever is in front of us, whatever the problem is. Maybe we're feeling a little bit sick. Maybe there's a problem going on in our family, some tension going on. Maybe it's something going on in, in the greater community that we're a part of. But whatever it might be, we get focused on that. And that absorbs all of our attention. And then when, when the waters are parted and we find ourselves ushered through that, we find ourselves on the other side of the issue, we go, yay, God, and then we get focused on the next thing. And, we, and that begins to dominate our attention, and we forget all about the way that God has shown up. And, and by the way, this is nothing new. We are a part of a long line of forgetful people. I mean, just read the Bible. If, I, I encourage you guys to do this uh, read, read Scripture app and begin to read through the Bible because you will very quickly find that we are not alone in our forgetfulness. The people of Israel, take them for instance. Here is a people, if anybody ever saw God show up powerfully, it's them. They were enslaved in Egypt. And God shows up and through a series of plagues, brings the most powerful nation in the world at that time to its knees and humbles the leader of that nation, Pharaoh, to the point where he says, fine, leave, go worship your God, just get out of here. And so they follow their God through a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night to the edge of the Red Sea. And this whole way along, they're just going, God, seriously? You are in charge. And then all of a sudden they get to the edge of the Red Sea and Pharaoh changes his mind, right? What have I just done? I just let all of my slave labor go. And so he, he turns around and he gets the army and he says, we got to go bring them back. And God yet again shows himself to be all powerful when he parts the waters of the Red Sea and leads the people through on dry ground and then decimates the most powerful army in the world without the Israelites needing to even lift a sword to defend themselves. 
And of course, in that moment, they are celebrating. They are, they are singing God's praises. They just can't believe what they've just seen as they're watching chariot wheels beginning to bob on the surface of the water. And they realize our God truly is God. And no, but, but then they turn around and they begin to walk away from the Red Sea and toward the promised land. And as they do so, their stomachs begin to grumble. And all of a sudden they forget what they've just seen God do. And they begin to go, oh man, remember what it was like back in Egypt when we used to sit around pots of meat, how, how nice it was. And they begin to romanticize slavery because all of a sudden their circumstances that they find themselves in here overshadow what God has done here. And so yet again, God shows up. Even though they, their stomachs grumble and they begin to grumble to God, God shows up and he begins to feed them manna every morning, which is this bread. And manna literally means what is it? Because when they saw it, they're like, what is it? I don't know, but let's try it. Put it in your mouth, right? And then at night, the quails start flocking in and so they eat meat at night. And water gushes from the rock because God is providing for his people. And this whole way through, their, their clothes don't wear out, their shoes don't wear out. They see God's faithfulness, but they're forgetful people. So they get to the edge of the promised land that God has promised to give them. And they send 12 spies in to go and kind of scout the land a little bit. Two of them come back and go, the land is amazing. The grapes are huge. and It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's good. Our God has given us the best land we've ever seen. Ten of them come back and go, well, it's good, but there's giants there. All they can see are the impediments. All they can see are the obstacles. And all the people can see are the obstacles. And their fear of the obstacles overcome their, their fearful respect of their God. And so they once again resist his direction and his lead. They say, we can't go in and take it. We couldn't possibly overcome those giants. We are from a long line of forgetful people. And it is so easy to get focused on the circumstances in front of us and be blinded to what God wants to do. And so we from time to time have to be reminded. We need to, we need to be intentional about stopping and, and reflecting on God's faithfulness because otherwise those circumstances we find ourselves in will feel like everything that there is. And God recognizes that. Our God knows that we're a forgetful people. And so he intentionally told the people of Israel, and he intentionally tells us to stop from time to time and reflect on his faithfulness. I think that's one of the reasons why he implements a a, a weekly Sabbath, a day of rest. Because on that day, you stop your striving. You stop trying to prove that you can do everything. And you reflect upon the fact that he is God and you are not. You reconnect with him and you reconnect with the people that he's put you into proximity to. And you rest and you realize my strength lies in him and not in myself. We'll talk more about that in February. But, but God oftentimes will cause his people to pause for a moment and simply tangibly remember how he's been faithful to us. And he does that with the Israelites when he finally, after some 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, after he brings the people back to the cusp of the promised land at the Jordan River, he tells Joshua, I want you to prepare the people to go in to take the land that I promised your forefathers to give you. When you cross through, I'm going to part the waters just like I did with the Red Sea. You're going to walk through on dry ground. And when you get to the other side, I I want you to hand select one person from every tribe, all 12 of them. And each of those people are going to go to the center of the river and they're going to pick up a stone. And they're going to carry that stone with you to the place that I show you. And when I give you the spot, you're going to take those stones and you're going to stack them up as an altar of remembrance. A a, a technical term for that is an Ebenezer. So when you think of Ebenezer Scrooge, remember, right? It's an altar of remembrance. You're going to take these 12 stones and you're going to build an altar of remembrance. And this is God's explanation, which then Joshua gives to the people in Joshua chapter 4. 
He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, well, what do these stones mean? Why have we stacked these things up? Why, why are they there? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you'd crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that not just you, but all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And we've talked about what, what the fear of the Lord means. It doesn't mean this kind of trepidation, the kind of feeling you get in your gut when you're driving down the street and you realize there's a cop car behind you and you're wondering, am I going over the speed limit? And you just, you're afraid you're going to get penalized, right? That's not the kind of fear we're talking about. We're not talking about the kind of fear you feel when you go in to take your SATs and you realize I'm not prepared or I totally forgot to study and I have a pop quiz all of a sudden. We are talking about the kind of reverential respect you have for someone who is so far beyond you that you realize he is God and I am not. So I put myself into my natural posture of he is over me and I want to submit to him because he knows better than I know what I need. If I saw a train going down the tracks and I'm in my car and I go, I think I can beat it, I'm not going to try to beat the train. The train is bigger than me, and so out of respect to the power of the train, I am going to stop and I'm going to let him pass. I'm going to order my life around him. I'm not suggesting God is a train. I am suggesting God is greater than us. He's more powerful than us, and therefore he is worthy of our reverential respect. And the the fear of the Lord, that kind of reverential respect, is the beginning of wisdom. Because it helps us to order our lives underneath him. He is king, we are not. We get to be citizens of his kingdom and sons and daughters of our Father God. Making sense? Okay. Thank you, Ethan. So God recognized this. He recognized the people of Israel need to be reminded. They need a tangible reminder that I have been faithful to them because they're going to forget. Because when they get into the land, they are going to forget at some point what I've done. They're going to get focused on the, stat- on the circumstances in front of them. They're going to get focused on some issue that, is, that seems overwhelming. And they're going to forget how I overcame Pharaoh and how I broke them out of slavery how I decimated an army, how I fed them for 40 years in the wilderness, and how I brought them into the promised land on dry ground. They're going to forget these things. They're going to forget me, and they're going to focus on their own strength. They need to be reminded. And we need to be reminded. Because if we don't, our circumstances will seem pretty stinking daunting. They'll seem pretty overwhelming. One of my favorite psalms is not one that most people read um, for fun. Psalm 13, it's a psalm of lament. It's one of those psalms where David is just pouring out his heart, and it's pretty raw because he's coming from a pretty dark place in that moment. He's feeling pretty separated from God. I'm going to read the first part of it because I think that some of us probably could identify with how David feels in this. This is Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord God. Give light to my eyes or I'm going to sleep in death and my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. I think all of us at some point have felt like that. We felt overwhelmed. We felt totally alone. We've kind of wondered, God, are you even there? And do you, do you care what's going on? I love this because it's so real to life. I love that the Bible gives us permission to be honest. And, and, and it reminds us that our God is big enough to handle the full range of emotions. But I also love this psalm because it doesn't end with that note of, of despair. Because David goes on, but I trust in your unfailing love. 
My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing the Lord's praise. Why? Because he has been good to me. In that moment, David feels utterly alone. He feels lost. He feels discouraged. He feels overwhelmed. And he cries out to his God, knowing that his God hears him because he trusts his father. And his trust is born out of the ways he's seen his God be faithful in the past. He remembers his faithfulness, and on the bedrock of that, he trusts following him through what seems like a pretty dark valley. And I know that 2018 is going to be a wonderful year and there's going to be some amazing things, but there's also going to be some low points. There's going to be some moments where we are going to feel overwhelmed. There are going to be some moments where we're going to question ourselves or people around us. There are going to be moments where we are going to feel tremendously discouraged. And we will be overwhelmed by those things if we don't pause and remember God's faithfulness. And so today we are going to take a page out of the Israelites' playbook, or I should say we're going to take a page out of our Father God's playbook. And each of you, when you came in, got one of these stones. Hopefully you have it. If you don't have one, I got, I got some of the welcome team who are going to be walking around with buckets. Just raise your hand and they'll make sure you do get one. These are not in case I speak heresy today. We're not doing any public stoning. Let you who has never spoken a false word cast the first stone, right? Um, no, we are going to simply take some time to remember God's faithfulness to us this year, in 2017. And so I want you to hold that rock in your hand for a moment. And I want you to consider, how have you seen God be faithful to you this year? In what ways has he shown up? Maybe it was a prayer that you began praying a while ago and he answered it. Maybe it wasn't the way you anticipated, but he answered your prayer. Maybe it was a relationship that he restored or reconciled. Maybe, maybe there's a word that he put on your heart that almost has become like a theme word for you this year that, that kind of sums up much of your relationship with him this year. Maybe there's some miracle that he did, something you weren't even thinking about, something you would have never had the audacity to pray for, and God showed up so far beyond what you could have expected that you just go, my goodness, that sums it up. And so what I want you to do is we're going to take about 20 minutes and just give some space for us to reflect on 2017, reflect on God's goodness. And as you're sitting here doing that, oh, thank you, Jeannie. In the, in the seat backs in front of you, and if you're in the front row, you're going to have to borrow with the seats behind you, there are these silver pens. If a word or a name or something that sums up God's faithfulness to you comes to your mind, write it on this stone, because we are going to tangibly remember his faithfulness. Okay? The pens are there. You're going to have to share. There's not enough for one for everybody. But we're family here. While we are doing this, I know that sometimes... Sometimes it's hard to, it took me a while before the things started flowing and I started remembering God's faithfulness. And sometimes it's important for us who can't think of these things to hear from others who can hear about God's faithfulness. Sometimes when we are in those, those dark valleys, it is extremely important for us to hear from others who have come through those dark valleys themselves and are on the other side going, my God is faithful, let me, let me just sing his praises. And so what I want to do is I, I just want to create some space for anybody who would like to share about God's faithfulness to you. I'm going to ask you to keep it brief so that everybody, has, everybody who wants to has an opportunity to share. But how have you seen God be faithful to you? And so while some of you are writing on your stones, I'm going to invite you to come forward and share about God's faithfulness. And after you've shared, we are going to begin to build an altar of remembrance right up here. We're going to bring our stones. And even if you don't share, eventually you're going to bring your stone up to the front. And we're going to build an altar, an Ebenezer of remembrance. Because our God is faithful. So who would like to start? Come on, Fippers. This last, I think I just turned it off. Oh, it was already on. Come on, Michael. 
this last year I've had a a few health issues, and so <laughs> about three weeks ago, and Tony, it's good to see you here, Tony. Raise your hand, Tony. Raise your hand, Tony. Right here. Let's hear it for Tony Pekka. He's a he's a blessing to all of us, and so. I ended up uh, not taking good care of myself and ended up in a little white box going to the hospital. And when I woke up in wherever I was, the ER, whatever that thing is, I had a pastor there in his shorts and go-aheads and a T-shirt. I had uh, David Stack was there, Glenn was there, and and a few other people. And all of a sudden, you felt the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I don't know how those people found out it was there. They got there before I did, I guess. And uh, it was amazing to me. It really brought to light how blessed I am. I've been there a couple of years ago and didn't listen so good. But I'm listening this time. And my daughter, who's 23 years old, is our granddaughter. I raised, We raised her. She bought tickets for her and Papa to go to Universal Studios yesterday. Well, I've not been, the old ticker hasn't been working that good, and I'm going, how am I going to do this? I spent 12 hours with that blessed girl yesterday, and the Lord kept me in good shape through the whole day. We stopped several times in the park and ate, and she grabbed my hand, and we prayed together. And uh, some of you don't know my daughter. She's a cutie, but she's got more tattoos than you've ever seen in your life. And uh, I was proud to be with that tattooed girl yesterday who loves the Lord. And I had to think how blessed I was. I was so shot this morning. I mean, I walked 15,000 steps. I was ready to fall over. But I got out of bed this morning to come to meet with the guys to pray and to thank God for the fact that I have a daughter that cares enough about her old man who wouldn't let him eat a donut yesterday. She says, sugar you don't need, pal. But who took care of me in a church that looked after me at a time I was in the hospital and I never felt so much love. And I know Tony has felt that from this church. So I'd just like you to all give yourself a hand for being such a great church and to an old man that needed the help. Thank you. Robert? Oh. Technical issues. Come here, buddy. You got two of them. Charlie said I was having this. Is that okay? Go ahead. Okay. I have so much to be thankful for. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Eric and Lee, and especially for Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I went through a lot this past couple of years. I had surgery on my leg for veins. And uh, I had a weight problem, and I figured I couldn't do it on my own. I had to trust God through everything. He has anointed me. I was at the influenza yesterday and was anointed with the oil with Pete McKenzie. And I just give God all the glory and the credit. Uh, this church has made a new creature in me. The old Bob Bell is completely gone, lost forever. And... Uh, I feel like the power of the Holy Spirit is working, and I trust God in everything. And uh, my mother kind of helped me. She's my uh, mediator in my life, and uh, but nobody could do it for me. I did it for myself through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Just um, there's been there's been too much to even say, but one specific thing I put answered prayer and provision because in our house, you know, with our with our kids, and I remember growing up, I had just been teaching our kids like you you won't know if God is real unless you experience Him, and so with everything big and small, we stop and pray, and so even in our house, if glue sticks go missing, or we were at the park after the day of Christmas, and Grayson's drone went missing in the park. You know, just just anything. We're we're just like, you know what? Like we're let's just stop and pray. I mean, for the drone, we were looking for a long time, and I mean, it was just 
because Grayson likes to do it super high. It's like a little teeny drone. He, but it was it was the first 30 seconds of him flying it, and it disappeared. Totally. It's like, now oh, here we go. And he was devastated, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, totally. And it's just it might seem so small, but it's really not. And and I want my kids, and I want your kids, I want all of us to know that God is real. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can know is if we have a relationship with him, we talk to him. And so, you know, I told him, God doesn't have to answer this prayer, but let's just pray. And with the Ethan's glue sticks, with the drone, right after we prayed about the drone. And we had been looking forever. And we were like, you know, it's okay. But we prayed. And literally within two minutes, mm-hmm. three minutes, found it, you know. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, with, uh, I don't know if the Thiers are here, but um, Sheree came to, um, Sheree Thiers, who's a member of this church, she came to our house um, this past year, like maybe six, eight months ago, she was just crying. She came to our driveway just crying. She lives right down the street from us, and they had lost their turtle. And, um, and so I said, you know what, let's just pray. You know, so we prayed. I tell you, I tell you not, like she had been looking forever for her turtle. I mean, not forever, but for a long time. And um, after we prayed, I, I'm not even joking, within two minutes, she went down the street, found her turtle. She came back, like, and we were just like, oh, we She felt pray. prompted to go knock on a she, door she, yeah, and ask just, somebody if they'd seen the turtle. And they had found the turtle but didn't want to give it back, so she had to produce pictures showing it was the same turtle. Right. But so. still, I mean, it was like right after we prayed. And we, her and I talk about this to this day. I mean, it's just so beautiful what God wants to show us through in our hearts of, of him actually being the one that provides. And so the, the last thing I'll show, because this is a really big thing, is, you know, our car. Our car this year, we just knew, you know what, we need. We probably need to start looking for, you know, something. And um, and you guys all know this, or a lot of you know the story. Um, we were prompted to wait a month because of VBS month and, and July, so we got August 1st. And a couple days before that, somebody gave us a car. And that was a specific prayer of ours. We did not know it was going to be given to us. We thought we would need to pay for it. But um, just such huge lavish provision, yeah. you know, by the Lord, in the big and the small. And Ethan, um, he didn't want to, co- you know, it's hard to get up in front of everybody and talk, but his his rock was talking specifically about what I just said, about praying and God answering prayer. And I love that he wrote it down because it's impacted your mm. heart too. Thanks, baby. I know it only looks like I'm sitting down. Um, I love being able to see in the eyes. <laughs> I, know. Um, I know that all, well, most of you know that it's been a tough year in ways because I went from being blonde to bald to now I've got, it's, it's good day, hair day today, so I got hair back. <laughs> it's wonderful to have a bad hair yeah. day, isn't it? Any, any hair day. Um, it, it's funny that initially you would think, that I would not like 2017 because of all of the stuff that I had to go through. The chemo, the radiation, you know, like 50 blasts of radiation. But you know what? This has been such a blessing this year because I have never experienced such an outpouring of support and friendship and love that um, I don't want to say I would do it all again to experience that, but... It certainly took away the negative aspect of it. It's been I've been so blessed, and a lot of it is that I'm peaceful with God. I know that he's there watching out for me, taking care of me, and that has been such a blessing to not have the stress of all of this. When, um, when Kathy was talking about prayers, a few of you know that Charlie and I were in Hawaii the beginning of September, and we got out of the water, and he looked down and he said, my wedding ring is missing. And um, I said, do you want me to go get a face mask and snorkel? And he's having what we lovingly term a brat attack. And um, he says, no. I said, do you want to go get a Mai Tai? He said, no. I said, all right. <laughs> I'll just sit and relax and read. A few minutes later, he's, he says, I'm going to go run a face mask and snorkel. I said, okay, honey, that's a good idea. <laughs> so he's out in the water and <laughs> no, no, no laughing, Tom. Um, so I'm sitting and reading and kind of, you know, glancing up and looking at him and he's in shallow water. He's the water's putting him over the rocks and he's getting all cut up and I'm feeling sorry for him. The, the lifeguard announces that, um, someone has lost a wedding ring. So if you find one, please let him know. 
And I'm praying and I'm saying, please, Heavenly Father, if you want Charlie to have his wedding ring, can you please help him find it? And if not, will you just give him peace? He comes back. Now, you know when you get in the ocean, you don't just get in and out right here. You get in over here and the wave, the waters take you over here and you get out. He finds his ring in 50, 75 feet of shoreline. He finds his wedding ring. He comes back. He says, I'm ready for a Mai Tai. <laughs> Come on, bro. Hello. Um, I'm the mother of Pete the Smoker. <laughs> That's how I got famous in the Smoking Pete. You, Smoking you've Pete. enjoyed his meat. <laughs> yeah. His little daughter, uh, when they took her to the doctor once, and the first thing they always ask, uh, does anybody in your house smoke? And she says, yeah, my dad and my brother, who was like 13 at the time. And they said, what? <laughs> so they had to explain. But um, anyways, um, I uh, just, first of all, I want to thank Jamie Joy for being here with me. This little girl has been through so much with me and uh, Raise your hand, Jamie. <laughs> but uh, she's just absolutely precious, my little sister in Christ. And we study together. We've, we've gone through the Bible many times together, but I love her. But one of the greatest things for me, um, I'm like the second uh, to the youngest in a large family. Uh, my oldest sister uh, had a daughter. She has a my sister's gone to heaven, but uh, her daughter's the same age as me, so we're really spread out. So, And it's kind of tough, you know, being on the younger end of it because then you have to see your siblings, you know, pass away and stuff. And the beginning of this year, um, my sister, Trish, I call her Trish, um, she got really sick and went into a coma and everything. Within a week, she passed away from... Um, a blood clot, and um, so I've seen, you know, a couple of brothers and my folks, of course, and my husband, different people that I just love so much. They're not lost because I know where they're at. I hate that when people say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I haven't lost anybody. Um, They're in heaven waiting for me, and every time this happens, I think, you know, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, for God sending his son to die on the cross for my sins and the sins of my brothers and sisters, my parents, and all of us, I would never see these loved ones again. You know, and every day when I wake up and I feel sad because I miss them, but I think about how what they're doing in heaven. I just had a young girl pass away yesterday um, that I taught in Bible study, young girl, you know, and I thought, Boy, she's up there. She had a beautiful voice. She's up there singing for Jesus now. You know, my husband's up there preparing my mansion. He's helping Jesus because he knows what I like. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just, I, I have to think beyond today and what it's going to be like when we all get to heaven and we get to have that big family reunion. But it's all because of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made on the cross for me that I get to see these people that I love and all of you. I mean, I, you're my family. You're my family. <laughs> but um, I just want to say that. I really thank him. That I, I, It's not goodbye. It's just I'll see you later. <laughs> thank you, Pearl. I just want to say that God is so faithful. Mm-hmm. This year has been uh, answered so many prayers. And how can we have great answers to prayer is to have great trials. Mm-hmm. So I just thank God for every trial we've been through. I lost my husband three months ago. Through This whole year has been <clears throat> one touch of God after another. It's been so positive. We've prayed for my husband's salvation for 54 years. Don't give up. Don't give up on his deathbed. He accepted the Lord. 
Isn't that a good report? God's faithfulness, he is so faithful. Don't give up. Just know that he is there. He finds rings. He finds little things. All through my life, he's changed our financial situations around. We've seen miracle healings. All these different things by walking with the Lord. Walk with him. If you're on the fence, don't be. God is faithful. He is so faithful that even if it takes 50 years, he's going to do it. Thank you, Donna. You know, that is just one of, yeah, let's do one more. Please come up. Please. Yeah, Michelle. That's just one of of a number of people I know that had been prayed for for decades and decades um, and ultimately didn't pass before they gave their life to Christ this year. So that was a huge one. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful for his people. So many of you have touched our lives. My kids and I have had a really kind of a challenging year, but um, God has been working through so many of you, and I, I just can't even begin to name off all the people, and thank you for Eric. And I, I must say that I am so thankful for this church that there is not a sense of condemnation or judgment that many of us have different circumstances that we go through, sometimes because of our life choices and sometimes because of the choices of other people. But what I love about our body is that the people here, you're so real. And many of you have had your own difficult circumstances that you have went through. Um, But I must say that um, I put on my rock his people because God has been so faithful through his people ministering to us. Thank you. Matthew, did you want to come up? Come here, buddy. Come here, Matthew. This is another one that we were praying for a lot this year. Do you want to stand up here? Because I think everybody wants to see you. I'm grateful that God healed me. We are too. Oh, dude, how do you follow that? Okay, we're gonna Pete. We're just gonna we're gonna switch it up a little. I'm just gonna have Jeff come in, and we what we're gonna yeah what we're gonna do is we will kind of bring it all together, and we'll make everybody come up one time. So come here, Hefe. Oh, go get your go get your podium. (laughs) Ah, Bubba. Thank you. This is how we roll here. We're old school. I I would do it with no microphone for you. I am that old school. Um, One of my favorite things about looking back is when the scripture says, those who look back are not fit to plow. And then you tell people, whatever you do, don't look back. But today it's communion and we look back. And we're like, pastor, that is so confusing. Thanks for teaching us that. So aren't you glad there's a service where we can just spend a whole day talking about looking back and how to look back, right? Because we need to read that verse and we need to take time to understand that because what it actually says in Philippians 3, 13 through 14, it says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what we want to be careful of is when we look back, we don't want to look back on the things that are negative in life. That is the key. See, if we look back and we're focused on the negative, then we're not able to plow and we're not able to do the things that God has called us to do. But if we use the Ebenezer as a reminder of God's faithfulness, then every time we look back and we see the Ebenezer's in our life, as they are planted all throughout the yards and the life that we live, and we see God's faithfulness in the hospital, we see God's faithfulness on the deathbed, we see God's faithfulness in Ohio as we pray for a small child, and we see God's faithfulness all throughout our life, and we see the piles of Ebenezer stones throughout the the remnant that we call life. 
man, all of a sudden our life just charges supernaturally with the faithfulness of a loving, kind, compassionate Father. And now we're able to recall things in such a way that says, okay, now I get it. And now I can do as Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, but brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good rapport, if there's anything of excellent, if there's anything of worthy praise, dwell on these things. These things you have learned and received and have heard and seen in me. Now practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now practice these things. Recall these things. Remember these things and then practice these things. Oh my gosh, doesn't that just bring a whole new light to 2018? You can look back on 2017 and see how faithful God is. You can know that Tony's here. You can know that so many people are here for a reason. I look out and I see faces. I've only been here a couple of months. And some of you we've prayed for. You've already had hip replacement. Some of you have done hip and knee replacement. <laughs> Rick, you're a walking miracle. You just... You're like an auto, Autobot. You got all kinds of parts, and you're here every Sunday serving and smiling. I mean, and the tie's still perfect every week. I mean, come on with it. I mean, it's just great stuff. But when you see God's faithfulness, when you see God walk someone who loves the Lord and take their spouse to be home with the Lord, and that you see faithfulness every single week, Donna's such a prayer warrior. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, Lord, I'm going through a difficult time, but I mean, if you guys don't know, I mean, Donna's such a prayer warrior. You've seen someone who has this amazing life and, you know, has amazing hair and great personality. And all of a sudden, you know, hair is kind of, for some people, a sensitive issue. And all of a sudden, your hair goes away. No, Charlie, not you. Jeannie. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, your hair goes away. I mean, people start looking and say, hey, you know, poor you or whatever. And you're like, no, the whole time I got here, I, I came right in the middle of that. We were so drawn to Jeannie. We were so drawn to her personality. I can't imagine Jeannie just not being effervescent and bubbly and so full of life. And so it's such a blessing. But you know what? Each person in here who's walked through a difficult time with the Lord and seen God be faithful, it's, it's just a, an Ebenezer in your life that you can now look back on and say, you know what? I was there. You know, the Lord has been faithful. And so I can dwell on these things. And so I know there's times in the Bible where you hear certain passages and you're not sure how it works. And so, you know, do I look back? Do I not look back? How do I look back? This is how you look back correctly. This is the perspective of God that you want to have. Look back on the things that are good and then dwell on those things that are good and then practice the things that the Lord tells us to do. And then when you see those Ebenezers, when you see those stones, maybe even make a couple of stones in front of your pathway to your house. You know, in the, in the days of yore, they would tell it to, uh, you know, write it on your doorpost and remind your children before they went to bed and all these different things. Things that are good, we should remind ourselves daily of these things. Don't let the sun go down on just how good the Lord is and how faithful he has been. Because you know what? Today you're healthy and you're upright, but tomorrow you might be on your back and in a difficult position and you want to see how good and faithful God's people are, then you will find yourself. When you're in that hospital bed, it's one of those things I always tell everyone. You want to see how good and faithful God is, wait till you're on your back, and you get a chance to just be alone with him. People often ask me, Pastor Jeff, I'm going through a really difficult time. I want to ask you, will you pray that this situation goes away? And I always tell them, you know what? That's the worst thing you could possibly do. The Lord might be doing something in that difficult time that you need. It's called refining. You may not like it. You may not enjoy it. But it's up to the Lord to do that situation in your life, to burn off the dross, to burn off those things that allow you to be purified, to be sanctified, to be known and loved by a holy and loving Lord who loves you and knows you. And through these difficult times, the intimacy that you will come out of from these relationships. You know, I've lost two rings at the beach, Charlie. Could you start looking for mine? I haven't found any of them. I'm calling you for now on. I just buy the same one at Ultra because my wife doesn't know I lose them. But man, I don't, I don't even think of looking for them anymore. I'm just going to be like, hey, Charlie, 48th Street, can you start down there and swim to like 50 But you just, you know, yeah, sure, buy a mask and swim and drink and celebrate afterwards. So, you know, praise God that that works for you. That has not worked for me. Like six fifty every time I go to the beach and lose a ring, but I mean it's great. I I take my rings off when I go to the beach now, so congratulations on that. But I mean, 
you know, God is good and God is faithful and he loves you and he loves you more than any pastor will ever love you. But you know what? It is our privilege to walk alongside of you and say, you know what? Did you know this year five pastors have spoken to you and poured their life into you? Five pastors. Did you know this year that you heard over 52 days of preaching? That equals over 40 hours, 40 hours of education and information has been poured into your head and into your heart. And that even guest speakers have shown up to speak God's wisdom to you this year. It's a lot of information. You started this year when you talked about uh, God being with you in all things. Eric was talking about uh, God's true change and how you can change your heart and your mind and your soul. He wanted to help you walk through that in Galatians chapter 6, if you guys were here in the very beginning of the year, and then he walked you through the Gospels. So you started that off, your very beginning of the year. I hope you guys were here for that. Do you guys remember that? Do you recall that? Yes, you do. Some of you are shaking your head. You remember it. Then you learn to have the Holy Spirit lead you in all things that you do to avoid the pitfalls of the world. You had a very busy beginning of the year. It gave you the ability to work yourself into summer where you started to figure out the difference between wise and unwise leadership. Do you recall that? Wise and unwise leadership? I think that's probably a point where I jumped in towards the end and I got a chance to talk to you about uh, a certain king. King, uh, king the, you guys remember I talked to you about the first message that I shared with you was about leadership. God has shown himself in so many different things, maintaining something that we moved on to to find out something called our true north. Do you guys remember this series called True North? And a phrase that I'll carry with me my entire life called spiritual ballast. You guys remember that phrase? That was kind of cool. Spiritual ballast keeps the boat, you know, level. Yeah. I love that. that you know, the whole passage goes on and you kind of something just sticks with you. But you've got to have that spiritual ballast in your life to keep you upright. Thank you, Eric, for that spiritual ballast. That's cool. The fall concluded with the new brand, and that was so awesome, too, because we were going through all these different things, and along with the torch passing and all this stuff, the, the rebranding of the church, so being made brand new. And that talked about having a new perspective of church, and that brought on a whole new concept. The church was no longer a building. You remember that? That was kind of a, a aha moment. The church is no longer a building, but we are the church, and that we are to go out and to be that active force. And then as we got into the end of the year, it finished with what I consider to be one of the greatest teaching lessons in the Bible, the Sermon on the Mount. And that was a couple months worth of some of the greatest messages ever given because they're from the Lord himself. And so it ended with two gates, two roads, and two foundations, which ultimately asked you, you know, who do you walk with and what gate are you behind? And so in light of a, a year full of information, the reality is, when it comes to communion, when it comes to the end of the year, you have a lot of time to take a deep breath and ask yourself, I know I've been through all these different things, but have I taken time to really just process and ask myself, am I at peace with the Lord? You know, Eric talked about that. Peace comes from the Lord. And if you don't have peace in your life, then that's something you want to just take a deep breath. We don't have chance. We have divine appointments. So even if you're sitting here today and you wonder, what am I doing here today? There's a lot of different places you could be. There's a lot of different things you could be doing. Everything is divine. Even a beautiful day with your daughter at, uh, at an amusement park. It's a wonderful opportunity to see the Lord's hand in it. And so you're here for a reason. You get to finish the year for a reason with us. And we get to look forward to next week starting a new year. And we have work to do, right? That's the end goal is pressing on towards the goal. And what is the goal? Well, we have a limited time offer to share the love of Christ with the world. And that's the bottom line, guys. We need to work through the dross and the debris of our own life to get out there with the world that's around us and do that. That supersedes every other issue that we have. We want to work through our own issues and our own problems, yes. But the goal is to get out there and to share the prize, to share that gift of Christ with the world around us. And that supersedes everything else that we do. It's the reason we get up. It's the reason we go down is to have that opportunity. And so fixing our eyes on that prize and running the race for that prize alone, we do what we do. We call ourselves little Christ, little Christians, because we're going to pursue him in all things. And because that, it brings me to the opportunity to say, you know what, it's time for us to have communion. And when it comes to communion, it's just so amazing that there's an opportunity to see Christ even in that. Now, I don't know if you've done communion. I've never done communion with you guys before, but I've always noticed two things in communion. So um, 
I don't know if Pete's going to come up and how we're going to do this with communion, but I, I wanted to kind of read communion first and then just kind of show you two things in it, and then I'll, I'll probably have it more official. We'll have, have you come up and do it. But just if you, the passage I always use for communion is 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. And um, let me just read this and just kind of show you the interesting part of this. You know, we talked about Eric and me finishing the year and talking about remembrance and looking back. But, you know, communion is one of the two things that the Lord gave us that literally says, do this in remembrance of me, right? And, and isn't that amazing that we, we had this in advance that this message would be this and that communion would fall kind of naturally in line with this. So if you read this communion, this is what it reads. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This amazing communion opportunity that we're going to have in a minute is literally something that he designed for us to have so that we could do just that. We could remind ourselves about what it is that he has done for us. And now that we understand how we can look back to the past, we understand we can look back to the victories that he's had. We can commune with him in such a way that we see the victory they had. I love that um, Pearl said, no one's lost. Those of us who know Christ, the victory is death no longer has a sting. Remember that today when you commune with Christ, when you remember what Christ has done today, remember that death has lost its sting. And for us, when we commune with him, we can remember that. Secondly, we can remember as the scripture continues, says in the same way after he took the cup, he said, saying, this is my new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Not only does he want us to remember what's happened in the past, but he wants us to remember what's going to happen when he returns. He is coming again, right? He came one time as the suffering servant. He came one time to lay down his life for all. And he did that. And the world could not stop him, praise God. But he will return. And the lion will return to claim his children. And he will return and take his church with him. And today, when we commune with him, we can remember that. And now we can look ahead to the future, and the future looks bright for believers because he's building for his family and for his friends. Oh, what he's building. He was a carpenter. Can you imagine the things he builds in my father's house? There are many rooms. Don't limit heaven to just me and you. There are many rooms being built for us. Think about that today when you commune with your father. And finally, when you remember the cross, take a moment to just reflect within as the song plays, and maybe even as you walk up here and get, gather the elements and prepare for yourself, take a moment to look within. And look within and just ask yourself, so much has been given to us. So much has been given to the American church. So much has been given to us, the American people. We have so much. Take a moment to look within and say, you know what? What can I do in 2018 for the Lord? Not what has the Lord done for me in 2017 because that's already been established that he's good and he's faithful. But what can I do for the Lord in 2018? Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, here am I. Use me. Lord, this is who I am. What will you have me do for your kingdom? Take a moment now and look within and think about just how good the Lord is. Let me pray. Father God, as we prepare our hearts for communion, I just thank you so much for what Lighthouse Community Church has been. A true legacy church, a true church that has stood the t test of time and has shown that you have found favor with them and it continues to be a light, a true light in Costa Mesa. And Father, I pray that this light continues to go all the way out to Costa Rica, to, to Mexico, to everywhere and anywhere that you will allow this church body to be because we have established the church is no longer a building on the corner of magnolia and santa Ana. the church is a living breathing organism of people who call themselves followers of you and we are that body 
and we go out and we go forth and we look forward to going to our jobs tomorrow and we look forward to communing with our friends this evening and celebrating the New Year's and we are regular people and we're going to go to the beach and we're going to do regular things and we're going to be in regular places and a lot of people, like Michelle said, have regular problems. And I pray, Father, that we continue to be sensitive and have that compassion the same way that your son Jesus did, that he met people where they were, as they were, and loved on them so beautifully and so uniquely and so specifically that a Samaritan woman found nothing but love and compassion from the Savior. Jewish as he may have been, nothing but love she found in him. And she perceived that he truly was a prophet and knew that she needed to get him back to the village to speak the same truth and love that she had received at the well. And what happens but her people, Father, the Samaritan people came to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that same thing for us, that we would come to know you greater as a people, that we would come to know your love greater and receive that and share that with those around us. I pray for 2018 that the waters of baptism would stir again in this building. Father, that salvation would stir again and that you would continue to find favor in this place and that there would be a continued legacy for Pastor Eric, for myself, for Jimmy, for Michelle, for Nathan, for anyone and all of our staff from Jeannie to Robin to Don, Father, to the entire Lighthouse community that serves you, Father, from our volunteers. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for covering us. We thank you for those who financially, physically, and spiritually support us. And we commit in advance the entirety of 2018 and beyond to your feet. And we, we covet, Father, we covet your direction. We covet your wisdom and your discernment to say what is best, what is better for us, that we might be the type of church you would have us to be, that the lost may come to Christ that those who walk with Christ might go deeper in their love. And of course, Father, that those who are lost may come to know the saving grace of your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his amazing and wonderful name that we always pray. Amen. Please come forward at this time. Bring your